This is Ben Thomas, head coach of the Cheshire Phoenix. This is Brett Berman, GM of the London Lions. I'm BBL commentator Daniel Rapp. This is Josh Steele, the coolest two-guard on the planet for the Manchester Giants. This is Coach Sean Kilmartin, head coach, USA Select Basketball. You're listening to two of the baddest broadcasters in basketball, Drew and Jay and the BBL Show. My name is Tahi Hadja and you're locked in to the BBL Show. You're tuned in to the BBL, BBL Show. BBL Show. The BBL Show. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the BBL Show, the place for all British Basketball League-related news. I am Jay Marriott. He is Drew Lasker. What's new with you, Mr. Lasker? Jay, do you remember the MJ flu game in 97 versus the Utah Jazz? (laughs) Know it very well. Yeah. (laughs) That's the predicament that I'm in right now. I'm feeling really ill this is the drew lasker flu podcast so the over under is can i survive this podcast without throwing up my stomach is rumbling my whole house has been sick all week and i thought i escaped it but i woke up this morning feeling really ill and then on top of that and i need our listeners out there i need your help i want you to go to the socials and i want you to give me your best solutions for toddler sleeping because my son is 13 months and every single night like clockwork 1 a.m 3 a.m he wakes up whining and crying and i can't take it anymore i i I cannot take it anymore i know you guys think i got it figured out but i cannot take it anymore i just want one night to where i can sleep but anyways that's enough about me i'm gonna get off my soapbox jay what's (laughs) going on down there in gloucester (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is a dad in need, you know, super dad to the rescue, but help, um, help. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I mean, as you can see behind me, beautiful day here in Gloucester. We managed to have a preseason game over the weekend, which was fantastic. So got a chance to see the venue in full flow. I think we had about 150 people there for the Granger Cup, which was for chairman John Granger, who passed away last year. So pretty emotional and I think the girls uh, played really well just to knock the rust off and get going and uh, yeah Red and Rockets were great really really glad they came up you know they're a great organization so got that under our belt yeah and then it's just like we always know right Drew Lasker back to the lab right back to the lab so quick podcast yeah quick podcast and then back to the notes and and watching film but uh, anyway do we have a guest for you today None other than Team GB and new Manchester Giant Dan Clark, having had extensive spells abroad, mostly in Spain. Our prodigal son returns to the BBL. But first, our opening act, your social media spy. It's the Marriott Minutes. Okay, off-season signings might be slowing up, but they are still creeping in. Our VC Doucher, a summer road trip guest, is staying in Plymouth this time as a Patriot, staying in the Southwest to play with an all-British roster. Mark Loving is a Leicester rider, replacing William Lee, who has suddenly retired, which is so sad to hear. Loved him as a player. We wish him well for the future. And last but not least, interestingly, not covered by the BBL socials yet, Two big signings down at the Surrey Scorchers with Robert Gilchrist and Andrew Lawrence penning short-term deals. Let's hope that hasn't got Ryan Richards written all over it. Sorry, Ryan. Had to say it. 
Europe called the London Lions, but they sadly failed to experience Italian outfit Treviso 89-62. But fear not, they are now headed into the FIBA Euro Cup competition and continue to fly the flag for the league. Blast! From the recent past, friend of the show Tom Bonnet got passionate about episode two guest Brett Berman's explanation on the lack of socials from the London Lions who have fallen foul again to poor preparation through their European campaign, rightly pointing out that there seems to be an overall fan engagement disconnect right at a pivotal point in their history and the leagues. This seemed to resonate with many online, but I think it was clear from episode two that Brett is more on the basketball operations side. So Tom, maybe come back to us, brother. All right, get rid of the wear beef and come and be a lion. And lastly, we have seen some big showings of commitment from guests and fans' passion for their clubs, but Ben Murphy has smashed them all out of the water by tattooing the Cheshire Phoenix logo on his leg. Commitment at its highest order. Sir, we salute you. And that's this week's Marriott Minute. I'm always watching. A lot there to unfold. Firstly, that tattoo. When I first saw it, the first thing that I thought was, you remember the Chester Jets? Better be careful. (laughs) You might want to be a little bit careful there. But hey, bravo to that man. Yeah, you're a tat guy, so you can relate. I don't have any tats. Well, what what I will say is, is, is people have been calling out for him to be on the BBL show. Listen, if he gets a little kappa sign just on the left-hand side of that Cheshire Phoenix, we'll get him on the show, okay? So, Ben, if you're listening, you heard the challenge. Oh, yeah, come along. But let me ask you this, Jay. Obviously, you touched on it in the Marriott Minute, London getting bounced out of the Champions League. Didn't get an opportunity to watch it because I was in practice. Firstly, did you get a chance to watch the game? A little bit. Bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. So from the little that you saw, just quickly give us or myself and the fans just a little rundown of what you saw. So I think to be fair, a couple people that said some really good things about the game was Kieran Chara. I think Russell Levinston said the right thing. It's just building blocks. They're just going to have to learn. Size was a big issue there for them against Treviso. Their experience, they, they've been... You know, they, they've been playing in that competition since like the 70s and 80s, you know, that so they know European competitions really well. And just being able to get into the depth of sets, right? You, you just can't get rid of, you can't get away with, in this league, maybe we we have a few sets that we run. There might be, be a flow motion. There might be something going on. But in the top level of European basketball, they are in their bag, you know, and, and, and that kind of showed. And you know, you just got to get used to that, right? You just got to get used to that, know how you got to prepare for that. You know, a multitude of sets is really hard to scout, right? That's something that they probably haven't, you know, had to come across. So again, another really good learning curve, but I hear the outcry of everyone. I, I just think it's a shame that they're, they're just not covering more. I think Coach Vince was listening to episode two. We love you, Coach Vince, because he jumped on a couple times, you know, just to give us a little rundown and said it was only right for the fans to hear things going on, even when he was a little bit down after the game. But most people are with me. It's a learning curve. They go into the FIBA Euro Cup. I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, great learning experience for those guys. And, And I mentioned this before. This was the issue of them getting bounced out due to COVID last year. It's just the opportunity to go through it so they get that experience as an organization. So essentially, this is year one. And um, like you say, it's building blocks. But 
you got to give kudos to them for trying. It's a lot of criticism out there to the London Lions, but at least they're out there trying. Oh, yeah, let them anyway. learn. Let them learn. Let them learn. Yeah, well, let's move along and slide to the Alaska look back. In this episode of The Alaska Look Back, we dissect one of the biggest names in British basketball, Daniel Clark. Welcome to the British Basketball League, Dan. I have to wipe my eyes and make sure this isn't the late 1990s. Out of all teams, the Manchester Giants? Why not the Giants? A team full of vigor, homegrown talent, and an owner that oozes with enthusiasm. Just recently, sitting in a meeting with Jamie Edwards days prior to this bombshell announcement, it all makes sense why he was bursting. He had an ace in his back pocket. But it goes to show how much investing in a sleek website, comms, a great venue, professionalism, and selling the future matters. Manchester will never compare to Estudiantes, Zaragoza, shall I go on? But it's obvious that Dan is here to save the day. Not quite. But he's obviously ambitious about bringing the British Basketball League the attention that it deserves. And he's passionate about his country. The 6'10", 210-pound sniper left the country as a teenager. Coming up through the Spanish junior ranks. Building himself one hell of a career. But I'm sure Dan doesn't want us to look back. He wants us to look forward to the legacy he plans to leave here in the UK. Welcome home. And that is your Alaska look back. And great look back, Mr. Alaska. Let's get Mr. GB in the room. Can you believe he is a BBL player? That's right. It's Dan Clark. Dan, welcome to the show. And thanks for making time to come and talk to us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, what's going on, Dan? Thanks for uh, coming on to the show. And again, it's very exciting news to have you here in the British Basketball League. And so welcome, my friend. Yeah, I mean, again, thanks for having me on the show. And I'm really looking forward to the, to the new BBL season. Glad to be here in Manchester. And uh, yeah, it's exciting times. Amazing. So before we dive in, it's true. We're not talking to Dan about his European adventures. He is here in the BBL. You know, I want to say personally, when I'm seeing exciting signings like yourself in this league, it, it's not just for the Giants but the league can tap into your experiences. So like putting you on the spot slightly, what have you seen on your travels that the BBL can learn from, do you think? Oof. I mean, that's a, that could be a very long answer, I think. But um, <laughs> I will admit, I, I, did, I do follow the BBL. I have followed the BBL throughout my career for whatever, whatever circumstances it's been. I haven't been able to watch many games and see many games. Obviously saw like the the final last year and things like that, you know, and it, and it does seem to have taken a, a, a big step in terms of, you know, the image it's trying to, to give out to the rest of the sporting world, not just the basketball world, but the sporting world, you know, and it's trying to be an important sport in the UK, but I think also has the potential to be an important sport as basketball is all around the world. You know, basketball, if you go outside of the UK, um, I mean, it's huge. You know, you, you play in other countries in Europe and Spain and Greece and places like that. And, you know, there's there's football and then there's basketball. You know, that's that's the two ways of life kind of thing. You know, people are waiting for that Saturday or Sunday game. They're waiting all week for that game to come around and waiting for that opportunity to see their favourite players. And I think that's just the level we have to get to in, in, in the BBL and in, in the UK in general, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that 
that can improve, but there's a lot of things that can improve in every league in the world, you know. And I think the fact that it's on Sky Sports now on a regular basis is a big step forward. And, and I think that's something that, you know, the BBL and, and the clubs have definitely got to build on. Yeah, for sure. And, and kind of what motivated this move to the Giants, you know, because um, we, we, we love Jamie. He's a guest. He's been a guest of ours on the show, um, but very new into the project. Uh, we see your name and we see it attached to the Manchester Giants. That's really intriguing for the league. So was it just kind of one thing? Was it a relationship or was it a multitude of things? Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've said for the last, I'd say, four or five years, I'd love the opportunity to be able to play back in the BBL, back in the UK, you know, in the right situation. People say I'm coming to the end of my career. Um, it's still up for debate, really. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I've known, known Lloyd for a number of years. Uh, Lloyd was the first point of contact. Um, it started off as a bit of a, a bit of a joke, I'd say. Like, would you go and play kind of thing? Like, you know, we've got this and we've got that and stuff like that. And then uh, I had the opportunity to talk to Jamie. And as you know, Jamie's an extremely interesting guy. Knows a lot about the sporting world and, and having that bit of, a, bit of a basketball background, it was very interesting. Not just for the basketball side of it, but what what could happen off the court, kind of thing. That was that was probably obviously basketball was very important and the playing side was very important. But what the Giants are trying to do off the court and in terms of culture, in terms of you know getting involved in the sporting city of Manchester, which obviously has two huge football teams, getting involved in that whole sporting culture was very interesting. Not just for my playing career, but for what could happen after that, you know, because, you know, as Drew knows, you know, you know, your basketball career only, only lasts so long you know, and you have to work whatever 30, 40 years after that. So, you know, people, people and players, I think have got to start thinking about this earlier. Um, I know there are people in the basketball community in, in the UK that are trying to help people like Kieran and people like that are trying to help players understand that, but it's, it's a hard thing to accept, but it's the reality, you know, and we've got to accept that at some point in time, our, our basketball career, you know, comes to an end and we have to keep on doing things, you know. So it was a, I think it was also a good opportunity for me to, you know, to start to understand what is, you know, life outside basketball, you know, in the real world, as they call it. And uh, yeah, so that was one of the, one of the big sell factors as well. Yeah, that's a great point. And you mentioned Kieran Achara and Kieran has done a great job of flying the flag of, creating that awareness that, you know, the game will end sometime sooner than later. And, you know, Jay and I on this show, we try to be an advocate for that as well, that it's okay to start thinking about that next chapter simultaneously as you plan. But you mentioned Jamie Edwards, and I actually was in, I mentioned this in Alaska Look Back. I was in a meeting with him about two days before this announcement was made that you were coming to the Manchester Giants. And I texted him right after it was it was made, and I said it all makes sense because he was in that meeting just he he couldn't contain himself like he was so bubbly, and so it all makes sense. I I would be too. Very exciting for him, but we had him on the show last season, and we all know that Jamie can talk, and we had to say Jamie, this is a sixty minute show, you know, let's reel it in. So my question to you is, because I'm assuming the protocol, you mentioned it, you had to get on a phone call with Jamie Edwards. How long was that conversation? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to get into all the conversations we've had, but the, the first one was two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, was, I was in Spain, which is, which is basically where I live now. Um, and uh, I 
I'd got up to work out pretty early and Jamie said, would you mind jumping on the call at eight o'clock? And I said, yeah, fine. I'll talk to Jamie and I'll work out. You know, I'll have time to do everything in the morning. That didn't happen, obviously. Uh, the morning <laughs> the morning was Jamie's as soon as I answered that call. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, happy days, you know, it was an extremely interesting call. And as you said, Jamie can talk, but yeah, it was a, it was a good talk. So I was happy. I was happy he made the effort. That's all love from us at the BBO show, Jamie. We, we, we love the fact that he can, uh, he can go. But yeah, Dan, probably two hours, 45. You got about five minutes in there, I reckon. So that's, uh, that's good. So maybe what, he what, needs his own podcast, actually. We can, <laughs> we can fly that flag for Jamie as if he hasn't got enough on his plate already. And now, it, now he's got to keep Mr. GB happy as well. But yeah, get a podcast, Jamie. But uh, I think look. it's fine for the Giants. I think it's fine for the <laughs> Yeah. So what, what can we expect from this Giants this season? You know, it, great to see Lloyd confirmed. I mean, we, we all kind of assumed that, that that was the case anyway with the way that the recruitment was going. I, I've always said I've been a big fan of Lloyd. I think, he, I think he's a real coach, real X's and O's coach very good with his players and obviously to tempt somebody like you back is just confirming that. So what, what are the expectations on this team this year? Is it, is it to build the culture or is, is it more than that? Yeah, I think it's definitely to build a culture. And I think the, the signs that they've made, uh, I think we've got a very strong British core, which I think was one of the, was one, another key setting point for me. Um, I think British players should be the, the standouts in this league. They should be the most important players in this league. You know, they should be the people that, you know, they get recognised when Barcelona comes on TV. They should be, oh, I want to watch Jamel Anderson. I want to watch Will Saunders or Josh Steele. You know, that should be the, the baseline for the league. You know, they should be promoting all these British players that are playing in the, in the BBL. Um, and the fact that the Giants had so many and such a strong, strong core and experience in this league, then that, that was a big selling point. And I think sign, making signs like that does the, straight away develops your culture, you know, it, you know, it makes a makes a point that you know that if you want to come back to the UK and play, if you want to be on a successful British team, then you know Manchester is one of the places to be. You know, it's it is you know Jamie and Lloyd especially are, are really looking for, looking to you know implode on the English player and make sure the English player is the the main talking point. You know, when it comes to the Giants and when it comes to the BBL. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm excited from that point of view when it comes to. The British type of players and what we can do as a, as a British core. Obviously, we've got what I believe is some some good Americans coming in, some exciting Americans that I think will, will surprise some people in the league. So yeah, I mean, it's exciting times. You never know. I mean, I can tell you from experience, you never know how the season's going to go and how it's going to pan out. You know, because you know it's full of surprises. But I mean, I'm excited about what we can do. The people seem to be excited about what we can do. So uh, hopefully, we can put on a good show and and get some wins. The, the BBL seems to be getting more attractive for high-end Brits. And, and like you mentioned, you know, moving forward, that's a good point that the league should be selling the British stars on graphics, television, et cetera. And, and so the league is moving in the right direction. We have a team in Europe for the last two years. Speaking of the London Lions, um, obviously they just got bounced out of the Champions League. Yourself, you played at a very high level of Europe, um, arguably the best level when it comes to European basketball. I'm assuming that you watched a little bit of that game. If you did, from your optics, what did you see the London Lions are missing at this present time to compete on that level? Um, I mean, that's a very good question. The Lions obviously have a plan in place. Whether it's the right plan or the wrong plan is not for me, me to say. But yeah, I mean, it was quite clear the other day that they're they're a way off where they need to be and where they where I, I think they should be in terms of you know 
the people they're maybe able to sign and the people they are signing, I think they're, they're a long way off, not just the playing level, but I just think they're, they're a long way off understanding where they are in terms of what the Champions League is and what European basketball is. You know, I think that's the first step they have to make is they have to make a, a conscious decision to understand what that, that level of basketball means. It doesn't mean just putting a team together and throwing it out there and letting the guys play. You know, there's a, there's a whole, whole process to that thing that, you know, you see a team from Treviso and you look at their team and you see like they had a, the Polish guy, number 24, and they had the Italian guy. And you, and you look at them as an individual player and you think, oh, you know, he's, he's this and he's that. And, he, and But you, you straight away, you think, oh, he's not athletic and he can't do this and he can't do that. But, you know, there's, there's thousands of players around Europe that are extremely effective in what they do. They might not be able to do everything, but that little thing they do, they're, they're elite at, you know. And I mm-hmm. think that's, you know, that was, that was <clears throat> clear to see the other day. They, the, the Treviso team had a lot of players that were, I mean, you take away the, the the big American guy Sims on the inside, and apart from that, I mean, they had a lot of players that were very good at one and maybe two things, you know. And that, and for British players out there as well, young British players, I mean, if you want to make money in Europe, playing around Europe, be very, very, very good at one thing, you know. If you're very, very good at one thing, yeah, I mean, taking away specialists, you know, take like shooters or whatever, but if you're very good, if you're a very good defender, if you're a very good passer, you know, you're always going to find a spot on a team. You know, teams look for those little things that you can do, those little extra things, because at that level, everyone can play basketball. Everyone can play basketball just to a basic level that you need to play in Europe. But if you're able to do that one thing very well, you know, you can make a career for yourself. And I think that's what, you know, the Lions haven't really got, you know, a lot of clarity on what they do and what they were doing and, and the roles and stuff like that. That was the impression it gave over on the, on the TV the other day. Just kind of jumping in, for me, my, my, my opinion on it is I feel like they're looking in the wrong direction. So we really enjoyed uh, episode two with, with Brett Berman and we know the investment is, is from Miami, but it feels very much the recruitment, the, the identity and the look is, it has a very American feel to it and very lack of understanding of what that European game is. And, and when we spoke to Vince last year, his, his opinion was um, that he thought that those two styles could clash, you know, and he'd be interested to see how, you know, if, if you came at it from a different angle, do you think that's kind of fool's gold? Or do you think that maybe they're onto something and they could change um, the, the, the perception in that league? Um, I think that, yeah, I 100% think they could be under something. You know, it's, you know, there's never, uh, nothing's ever worked without trying it first kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, they, they, yeah, they could be onto something, but I, I still, I go back to my first point. I think they have to understand, you know, the level and, and, and the needs um, for, that, for that type of, now this is coming from the point of view that my understanding is their, their, their objective is to, be successful in the Champions League it might not be it might not be just to play like these qualification games and see what happens but my understanding is they want to be successful in the Champions League and they want to make the group stages you know that's their first step so yeah I mean could it work yeah it definitely could work you know and the G League obviously has got a lot of talented players but I mean around Europe you'll struggle to find a team that has more than one rookie player from the G League on their team and, you know they might they might have one yeah but they won't have two or three so mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, experience is a key thing in Europe and it, and it does help. So, yeah, I mean, I really do hope that, you know, the Lions, obviously, with the situation they have financially, you know, are able to make that step forward and, and take a step forward in terms of making a name for himself in Europe. But, um, you know, looking at the game the other day, they're, they're a long way off at the moment. 
Yeah, and I mean, I mean, we can't fault them for trying. And like you mentioned, it's all about it's all an experience, right? I mean, you haven't had a team in Britain play in that level ever, really. So hopefully they'll get it figured out. And we are all cheering for them when it comes to European competition. We're all London Lions fans. So this is just all constructive criticism for those guys. So anyway, listen, before we let you go, Dan, like we've had enough of your time. We know you've got practice and stuff, but we're asking you a very important question. We're asking every guest this question. If they made a story of your life and career, who are you picking to play you? Ooh. Who am I picking to play me? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. I'd probably pick a Spanish, like an English person with a bit of a funny Spanish accent. <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough Someone one. Someone that's just good with accents. Yeah, like a, a lanky European guy kind of thing. You know. um, I don't know. That's a really, that's a really good question. <laughs> Oof. I'm trying to think of like a tall actor that's, you know. Yeah, now you got me thinking. I'm trying to think of a tall actor. Who's really tall? Yeah. Maybe the guy from Gladiator. What's his name? Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe? <laughs> Holy cow, he's not tall. Maybe it's the beard. He could get the uh, he get the piece, yeah. Maybe like um, I don't know. I'm really struggling with this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, we got to get a, a good British actor a shout out here, haven't we? Like who could, who can we yeah, have? I mean, here? I'd love to, I'd love to say like Daniel Craig and James Bond, but obviously that's not the uh, like traveling around Europe <laughs> solving crimes. But... Yeah, we can get him. We can get him some stilts, man. We could just make him a little bit taller. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with Daniel Craig and James Bond. You know, he solves a few problems around Europe. And, you know, I've been around Europe for two years. So, uh, so we'll, we'll go with that. I love it. That is it. That is great. By, by the way, cannot wait to watch that movie. But uh, listen, Dan, thanks for your time. We're, we're so excited to, to see you in the league. We'll let you get to practice. But uh, look, good luck for the season. And thanks for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me, guys. It's obviously a great show. I'm really happy to be part of it. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, there you go, guys. Not just happy with being Mr. GB. He wanted to be James Bond as well. A lot of fun there with Dan. Uh, We'd love to have more time with these guests, but uh, I think we're pretty spot on time nowadays with these podcasts. We've got some good questions, but if there's anything else that you guys want to ask, then please put it in the socials. We're appreciating you checking in. We're getting ever closer to that nervy time where we've got to start those predictions, Mr. Laska. But until then, we'll just keep these guests rolling. We've had some great guests to start up the season. So until then, Drew, lead us out. It's here, guys. I mean, we went through the summer road trip. We've been in preseason mode. Even as a show, we're still trying to find our cadence, find our flow, get our stuff together. So we're in preseason mode as well. But beginning next week, it's the real deal, guys. We're five days away from the real deal. The regular season, the cup opens up on Friday. So really looking forward to it. Got a couple of games on the slate for the weekend. So we'll start posting this podcast on Tuesdays because we'll start switching our recordings to Sunday night because we want to make sure we get everything from the week covered. And let's enjoy this ride, guys. It's going to be a great, exciting season for the British Basketball League. But until then, next time, next week, baby, on the show. The show. Thanks for listening to the BBL Show. The BBL Show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. 
Keep up to date with the show by following the BBO on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events, and fan interaction. Until next time.